host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 27. Tonight, we're beginning our Blue Sky series, taking a wishful thinking look at the Walt Disney World theme parks. With me tonight are Dave Compton, known as Groover 2 on the boards. Hey, Dave. How's it going, everyone? And John Thomas, Big Tech 71 on the boards. Howdy. The Diz Dads podcast is sponsored by Fairytale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. I and several podcast participants have joined the Fairytale Journeys team, and we'd love to help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Check us out at fairytalejourneys.com or the Fairytale Journeys by Diz Dads page at disdads.com. We'll sweat the details so you don't have to. Now, guys, um, this is our chance to kind of let our, our imaginations run wild a bit and imagine what Disney theme parks might be like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And that's, that's kind of what we mean, I think, when we're talking about taking a, a blue sky look at the parks. And, and we're going to try and structure this a little bit because, you know, it's easy to just kind of riff for however long on this or that. And, and I think that if you do that, too broadly, it just turns into, you know, kind of complaining about what you don't like about the parks as they stand now, and I don't know if that's productive. So what I want to do is kind of focus us a little bit, and, and I want to start us off with one attraction, show, or restaurant that just needs to go. Um, it's it's run its course, and especially looking, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, uh, doesn't really belong in the park anymore. Um Either of you have one of those uh, off the top of your head ready to go? Uh, I do. John, you, you've got one that you think, you know, just needs to go. Yeah, um, I'm, I might have some other followers who might think the same thing, but the Stitch ride in Tomorrowland, oh, that's, it's horrible in my opinion. That, that thing's got to go. We, we need to replace it with something. Well, now, now let's, let's be clear here because we're going to talk uh, also about, you know, the option of, of refreshing a space, refurbing a space. But, you know, why, why would you completely excise uh, Stitch's Great Escape? Well, it's just the, the way that the ride is set up. It, it doesn't seem real Disney to me. It's, I mean, you, you have a little bit of interaction here and there and, uh, you know, there's the, the little seats where you sit and you get like some feelings, uh, you know, like a 4d type of ride or interaction, but it just, I don't know. My son, my son doesn't even want to go in there to ride it because he saw videos or people talking about it and he just, I don't know. He was kind of timid and it doesn't seem to portray a good, you know, Disney type of feeling to me Disney to me is more you know more for the whole family and even like the Haunted Mansion you know that's it's a little bit scary but I don't know Stitch to me it just there's something missing there in my opinion yeah you know it it seems to me that part of the problem there and and maybe this is kind of what we're talking around is that that space itself you know, they it's it's essentially the same theater they used for Alien Encounter, and they just kind of shuffled it around a little bit and, and plugged in the Stitch theming. And I, I think that to some extent, the theater and, and the things that they had built into that theater already sort of have pushed the uh, Imagineers into a particular kind of show that might have been interesting on paper, 
but just doesn't translate well in real life. Yeah, you have a good way with words. That's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of a limited space there too, isn't it? It, it's a fairly small space, um, and and you know when they when they put Stitch's Great Escape in there, you know they already had a particular kind of seat. They already had um, you know the technology to do some of the effects that they're using. Um, you know they they already had the this you know restraint system, which you know the only thing I can think of anymore is that the restraints are there because if they weren't, then people would just get up and you know dash out of the show. Um, <laughs> It seems to me to be the only purpose for them. What surprises me is how big the queue is, too. When that big waiting room right before you go in, and you're expecting something grand once you go into the main theater area, and it's just not happening once you go in there. Well, and you know, the problem, too, is that it's it's billed as Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah. My five-year-old son loves Stitch, but there's no way he could sit through that attraction. Sure. Um, you know, he, he likes the pre-show. Sure. Um, but, but you know, you could see the look in his eyes. He knew that he was getting out of there before the attraction started. Oh yeah. Um, and that he wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So I, I think we have a consensus here that, that Stitch's great escape needs to go. Now, I guess the, the question may be whether that's an opportunity to do a, a kind of a refurb or, or if, you know, as we were saying, maybe this is an example of something where you just need to gut it and, you know, we can start over later and, you know, it can be a, a you know, an ice cream queue for the time being, <laughs> if, if that's what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you, Dave? Do you have something that just, just needs to go? Yeah, mine's, you know, the, the oldie but goodie, the country bears. Oh, my the country you know, bears need to go and some people love it and some you know from myself it's it's just kind of old and it's the same cliche jokes that they're doing and it's just it's not entertaining anymore okay now remember our category here is completely getting rid of it so if if we completely scoop out the country bears uh, is there another use for that space that you would see? Or is this a question of, you know, at this point, just getting rid of it as addition by subtraction? I think just getting rid of it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at a map on, on where it is and it's, it's a tough space. It's a small space, kind of like uh, stitches attraction is as well. And it just makes it tough to put something else in there. And I'd have to put my Imagineer hat on and, uh, think of what would go in there but uh off the top of my head i can't think of anything all right well i'm gonna go ahead and take my turn here there you go and uh i i i fear that this one may generate some hate mail um, I understand this attraction is is well loved and and you know i actually like it a lot myself but it served its time it served its purpose it needs to go. It doesn't belong where it is. And that, my friends, is the Carousel of Progress. I love the Carousel of Progress. I love that it's an attraction that's full of Walt. But, you know, it hasn't been about a great big beautiful tomorrow since about 1974. <laughs> um, it's, it's 
terribly dated. Even the animatronics are dated. Um, you know, they, they almost sort of cheapen the concept anymore. I mean, the, the strides that have been made in the Living Character Initiative uh, are, are so amazing. You see those kinds of things, and then you walk into Carousel of Progress, and it's like you're in a museum. Um, and to top that off, it's in Tomorrowland. Are you kidding me? There's nothing tomorrow about the Carousel of Progress anymore. And at this point, you know, it, it, it was one thing when it was put together for uh, a World's Fair, you know, 50 years or so into the Industrial Revolution, and you could do five scenes, and they could tell a story of, of historical progress and technological progress. But it's been another 50 years, and there really isn't a way anymore, I don't think, to do the story justice and also not look dated. Um, you know, as, as much as I loved watching that show uh, in December, it, it just doesn't hold up. Um, and it just needs to go. Uh, now, one of the good things I will say is that, you know, there's a history here. The Carousel of Progress has been moved before. So, you know, maybe there's another place it makes sense. I've heard an argument that Carousel of Progress might, you know, make sense in a renovated form, maybe in Epcot. Um, you know, maybe even in Disneyland, where it was originally. Right. But but I just don't think it works in Tomorrowland in Walt Disney World. It, it doesn't It doesn't fit the theme. It doesn't work. And getting it out of there would make room for Tomorrowland to expand because right now Tomorrowland is kind of penned in. Yeah. It's really missing something in that area over in Tomorrowland. There's, you know, there's the carousel of progress and it just seems to be so much, you know, sitting there and just so much in the way that there could be something more and grander there, I think. Well, there's, there's two huge theaters there. Um, mm -hmm. so it's a really big space. Um, and it strikes me, and as long as we're talking about Blue Sky and Wishful Thinking, and, and maybe we'll get there, you know, when we talk about additions, um, but it, it does seem to me that one thing that Tomorrowland is kind of missing is it seems to me that the other lands each have sort of a, a signature outdoor attraction, right? I mean, you've got Big Thunder Mountain in Frontierland, and you've got the Jungle Cruise in uh, Fantasyland, or I'm sorry, in uh, Adventureland, and you've got, you'll have the the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train coming in the new Fantasyland. Right. All of Tomorrowland's attractions, for the most part, are indoors. Um, you've got a couple that are outdoors. You know, you've got the, the um, Astro Orbiters and the, um, the TTA, which is in and out. But... You, you don't have that kind of grand scale outdoor attraction like the other lands have. Uh, and it seems to me that that would be a place where you could put, you know, a big signature outdoor attraction. Yeah. Uh, just my thoughts real quick on that is maybe it's just harder to um, transform the environment to, you know, produce a futuristic looking type of environment whenever you're using with the, you know, the, what's there, what's natural. Well, Maybe it's just, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to fabricate a world. 
you know, and that's why I think that's why they're normally indoors. I'm uh, sure there's a way to do it. Yeah. Just, I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's true. And, you know, part of it is probably the, you know, problem that both Disney World and Disneyland have been fighting with now for you know, as long as the parks have been up, which is what do you do with Tomorrowland? Um, because, it, you know, neither park seems to have found a good way to maintain uh, a consistent and compelling theme in, in Tomorrowland. Um, which is sort of frustrating because a lot of my favorite attractions and a lot of my family's favorite attractions are there in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ours too, like Buzz Lightyear, Space Mountain. Exactly. Um, so we, we've done one round here of, of things that got to go. Now I think we get to the more exciting and more interesting options or more interesting issues. And that is, uh, especially this next up, which is, you know, what needs a major overhaul and, and what would you do to do the overhaul? Um, you know, John, do you have a, an idea of something that, that you'd like to overhaul? Yeah, it, it goes back to what Dave was saying earlier, the, the country bear jamboree, because it is dated. And I agreed with um, what he was saying. Maybe they could update it in some way or even, you know, pull the bears out and have another type of similar animatronic show of some type. But maybe that's a little more up to date, more, you know, now. Although, then again, maybe it's the frontier land and they're still looking for that nostalgia. That's the only, you know, is is this what they're trying to do or is this something else? So it's kind of tough to decide, you know, what they could do with that space. Okay. How about you, Dave? You have a, a, a major overhaul that you'd like to see done? Major overhaul. That's a tough one. Um, well, here, maybe I'll buy you a little time. Cause yeah. I, I, I've got one here that I really want to share. It, it, I, I can't take credit for this one at all. This is this is uh, uh, from our, our buddy Trenner, um, Nathan Trent, and I, I promised him that I would mention this on the show. He planned to be here with us, and uh, he's instead uh, hanging close with his dad who had some surgery. So, uh, Nate, we're thinking of you and your dad, and uh, want to mention the, the concept that, that you brought to us. Um, Nate was willing to attack what he calls his favorite attraction in the Magic Kingdom in Fantasyland, and that is Mickey's PhilharMagic. Wow. Now, here's his concept, and I, I think this is really intriguing. The idea is that you drop a Soarin'-type ride with 3D in the PhilharMagic Theater. And you, you have sort of a, a similar concept as to what you're doing in PhilharMagic. You're traveling through different Disney stories. But the focus isn't so much on the songs. It's more that the guests are flying through, you know, things like the opening scene of Lion King. So you would kind of fly in over the, uh, you know, the, the uh, announcement of Simba's birth. Or you'd kind of fly in alongside Dumbo. Um, you know, you'd come through the Little Mermaid's uh, underwater kingdom. Uh, or or be carried along the EAC with the turtles from Finding Nemo, uh, and then resurface in the middle of the Tempest scene from Pirates of the Caribbean. That's interesting. That, that's uh, a really good idea. That would be neat to like enter those worlds. Well, exactly. It would be really immersive, um, and 
you know, one of the things about it, again, is that with the ability to use digital projection now, you could change out scenes so that you could have that sort of rewritability factor like you get out of Star Tours with, say, you know, two dozen scenes available, but only a dozen scenes in any one show. Yeah, that's a that's a cool idea, and, and it would get people to try to come back and, you know, ride it more often, and it would, you know, the people that have the uh, annual passes and stuff, it would help keep them satisfied by not seeing the same exact thing over and over and over. Well, and I, I think it really would make the Filler Magic Theater, too, more of a magnet and kind of help pull people to that side of Fantasyland, which, you know, I think a lot of times gets overlooked now. Yeah, and especially now that they're going to have you know, over to the side with all the new attractions over there. Maybe help spread it out. That is a good idea. Yeah, I like it. So, Nate, we, we all like the idea. We're, we're rooting for it. Um, you know, and, and, and using a, a Soren-type style, you wouldn't even have to go, you know, 40 feet in the air to do it. Um, you could do the same kind of thing, you know, three or four feet in the air, just high enough to get that sense of weightlessness and, and motion. So I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, and the 3D concept's pretty neat, too. That's a neat idea. Well, yeah, you know, PhilharMagic is, is a 3D movie as it is, and it really just kind of takes the whole, uh, you know, PhilharMagic concept to the next level. And and maybe kind of blends it in with some other winning, uh, uh, you know, attraction concepts, um, some things that have worked, and, and just reapplying them in new contexts. So, Dave, did that help you uh, come up with a, a renovation scheme? It does, and, and mine uh, is the railroad. Really? Yeah. I'm um, intrigued. Tell me well, more. I, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm here in the mid, in the west, and so I get an opportunity to kind of go to both sides. And in Disneyland, there's several stops. There's a really neat uh, tunnel that it goes through where you see the dinosaurs and you and you see kind of some prehistoric goings-ons. And uh, I, I'm just, and it's nice to be able to, oh, I'm stuck. There's a lot of people this way. If I go this way, oh, I can just go back this way, get on the train. That'll take me around to the other side. And then I can, uh, you know, get to the other side of the park much quicker than going through the, you know, everything else in between. And I just like, I, I just, you know, I, I like the train rides um, as it is, but it's, I mean, right now during the refurbishment, there's only two stops. And once they do the refurb, it'll still be just three stops. And I just like to see a lot more stops. You know, I, I see what you're saying there. And, and I got to agree. I mean, I think that the, the railroad at Walt Disney World is kind of limited. You know, on the one hand, I know it has huge fans and, and the, the train itself is great, but, you know, the, they haven't really done much with the scenery for the railroad ride or the railroad trip around Walt Disney World. And, and a lot of those scenes have gotten dated. There's not a whole lot to look at. Um, and so that's, I think, a great candidate for, you know, a major overhaul and an opportunity to do some new things um, and really let the Imagineers' imaginations run wild, you know, um, and, and transport guests more than they do now. Right. 
And it's a big loop, and they have the opportunity to do that, you would think, especially around Tomorrowland, have a station there, uh, you know, and just and have one on the backside somewhere as well. Sure. Well, I, I didn't get as much time as I would have liked to, to develop my, uh, my refurb concept, but this is what I was kind of playing with. And, and you're going to have to bear with me here because it, it takes a little thinking, but here, here's my thought process. First of all, I think that Tomorrowland, I, I've already mentioned the fact that my family and I love Tomorrowland. We spend more time in Tomorrowland than any other part of, of Walt Disney World, at least any other part of Magic Kingdom. And one thing that I notice is that Tomorrowland's lacking in dining options. You've got you know, Cosmic Rays is there. It's sort of a hybrid quick serve. It's quick service, but not really very quick. Um, you know, it's got that bay system that nobody seems to understand very well. And so my thought is, what if you completely overhaul Cosmic Rays and you keep Sunny Eclipse, all right, kind of, kind of maybe even build up his role you know, make him, you know, do a whole animatronic show that, that it can be better seen from throughout the restaurant. But, totally blow up the current, you know, setup beyond the kitchen in the back. Because what I want to do is make this a table service restaurant, but a robotic or automated table service restaurant. So no matter what table you're at, you get a screen, you order from your screen, and almost like a scene out of, you know, WALL-E or some other, you know, futuristic sci-fi movie, your food gets delivered to you on, you know, a conveyor, some sort of conveyor system that, you know, delivers the food right to your table. You kind of take it out of the door, you know, door slides open and, and you take out your tray of food, right? And and it's a table service restaurant. So we're not talking, uh, you know, paper plates and plastic forks. We're talking real plates, real forks, real glassware. You probably still have some wait staff who come around and refill drinks and things, but really play up that, that, way far in the future concept that that sort of always imaginary dining experience that has been a part of you know sci-fi movies and television and and all those things for as long as I can remember watching them I like that idea that is pretty cool I know the technology is out there to be able to do that somewhat easily although maybe expensively but uh yeah I like that idea that's really cool yeah, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun, and Tomorrowland could use that. And and again, it would do. It would be something that would really root that Tomorrowland theme in the restaurant, because as it is now, you know what? What is it in, in Cosmic Rays that's supposed to make us feel like we're in Tomorrowland? I mean, okay, so we've got the Sunny Eclipse robot, but is it really that different than the animatronics you find in you know Adventureland? And you know, beyond that, what stainless steel? Is yeah, that... all the shiny. Come on, <laughs> that's what <laughs> makes it Tomorrowland. You know, let's let's really get the tech involved and and make it feel like Tomorrowland. Agreed. 
So that's like that's it. my major refurb. All right. So now we go to our our last sort of major category, and that is something new. And and I really think that this is the hardest one to do for the Magic Kingdom right now, because they're in the middle of Fantasyland expansion, and realistically, if we're going to talk about brand new attractions, we mu- we've got to be talking, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, given what they're investing in, in the Fantasyland expansion right now. So you really kind of have to think big and think long term. But, you know, dreaming it out long term, what do you think needs to happen? What needs to come to the Magic Kingdom? I'll go on this. One thing I, I, I'm always missing there at the Magic Kingdom is around the treehouse, I'm looking for the Indiana Jones ride because at Disneyland, that's where it is. And I think it would fit in well there with the theme and the, the way everything is there for Adventureland. And uh, I mean, they might have to dig under a little to uh, accommodate it, you know, to make room. But to me, that's one of the greatest attractions. I mean, it's it's so much fun, and it's you know it's Indiana Jones, so I love it. <laughs> well, now I, I hear what you're saying, but but yeah. but push me, a, you know, let me push you a step because the Indiana Jones ride that's there at Disneyland is the same age as Dinosaur in Animal Kingdom, right? They're the same ride system, right? right. So, if you were to take the Indiana Jones ride that you know from Disneyland, what else would you do to it to make it a true Adventureland e-ticket, you know, 15 years down the road? What tweaks does it need to just take it to that next level? Yeah, that, that is a good question. I mean, for me, it's it, it's still a thrilling ride, and... I mean, it gets my heart pumping just being on it and the way it just shakes you all around the place. Um, you know, I don't know what they could do to improve it. Maybe maybe some 3D effects, some 4D type of effects. They they have that as well, but have even more, you know, some more air and, you know, water getting splashed on you and those type of things. All right. All right. That makes sense. More interaction, more direct sure. interaction. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, as I understand it, is already built into that ride system and just hasn't really been taken advantage of fully is that there's a certain amount of um, randomness that can be programmed into mm-hmm. the ride so that, you know, it doesn't, the, the car doesn't react the same way each time you go through. Uh, again, emphasizing that sort of rewritability option. Well, from what I understand, there's three different endings to the uh, Indiana Jones ride, as it currently is. So that's kind of neat. It's kind of like the Star Wars ride, and you know, you have up to what hundreds of different uh, types of uh, rides on that. So they, they could continue that thinking. Right. Right. Sure. How about you, John? Is there a, a you know big big picture, long term thing that you'd like mm-hmm. to see? Um, well, one of the greatest theme park rides uh, that I've ridden, and I know this is a Disney podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> the Forbidden Journey in uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, that was just amazing. 
if if Disney could take that, I forget what it's called, the the Kuka arm. Kuka, yeah. If they could take that, and I know that there's technology where they're even taking that arm a step beyond the way they use it in there on the slow ride by actually putting it on faster rails like a roller coaster. Maybe a little bit too much for Disney, but even using it like they do in the Forbidden Journey, and maybe taking you inside a world of one of the you know big Disney you know, uh, movies or like we were talking about earlier, you know, the 3d with, uh, <clears throat> uh, with where the film magic is maybe even putting it inside a, a, uh, moving arm like that and letting you go through different scenes and different movies throughout the Disney universe. And, uh, it, it's just, it's amazing feeling and, uh, and they can probably cut it back a little bit for more, uh, more for the kids, you know, because I know that you do have to be a certain height to ride that one. But if yeah. they cut it back a little bit, maybe not as fast motion, but it is a neat experience. Yeah, I mean, Forbidden Journey is pretty intense, but, you know, you don't have to, you know, kick the, the vehicle almost upside down like they do in Forbidden Journey. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. And any particular uh, movie pro- properties that, that you think, you know, Disney needs to include? Well, that's the thing. Um, I'm not sure because if we're talking that far down the road, you know, there could be something else that comes out that really catches on that maybe, uh, you know, we don't know about at this time. But I'd say as of right now, I don't know, maybe just a multiple like we're we're talking about with Nate, Nate's idea where you just get a, a couple of different worlds that you visit instead of just focusing on just one property. Well, you know, one one scene, and it, it strikes me only because I just listened to this episode of the uh, uh, Disney Film Project podcast. Um, but but one movie that, that it you know might lend itself really well to this would be um, there's the the Bayou scene from Pin- Princess and the Frog, where the frogs are being chased by the hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, you've got the Firefly interaction, too, there near the end. And that that might actually lend itself really well to that kind of uh, a system because, you know, you could kind of be in the shoes of, well, they don't wear shoes, but at least metaphorically, in the shoes of the frogs, which might be kind of interesting. Well, I would say for my big kind of, you know, long-term pie-in-the-sky thing, um, you know, so far, we've had, uh, you know, Dave's added something in Adventureland, and uh, sounds like John's, you know, talking probably about about Fantasyland again. Um, although, you know, maybe maybe depending on the the movie theme, it could go other places too. Um, you know, maybe this is the Lone Ranger ride, right? Because we're supposed to get a new Lone Ranger movie here soon, uh, and maybe that maybe that goes. Yeah, well, there you go. The, the John, John Carter. Carter. Yeah, John Sorry. Carter. So maybe it goes in, in Tomorrowland for John Carter or, or in uh, Frontierland for uh, for the Lone Ranger. Um, I think any of those could work. I, I, I don't know that I have a specific new attraction that, that needs to exist. Um, I, I do think that, you know, once the Fantasyland expansion is done, I really think that Disney needs to find something to do with Frontierland because it just feels to me very much like Frontierland is just really dated and forgotten. Um, you know, the the only 
film property that's represented in Frontierland at all is Song of the South, which is locked in the vaults, never to be released again. Um, we have Big Thunder Mountain, which is a terrific ride and is getting a major refurb right now, but doesn't have a connection really to anything else in the Disney universe. And it just seems to me that that if an if an entire land is going to be devoted to this this theme of frontier land, that we need to find a vehicle to make it relevant to guests, especially fifteen twenty years from now, when you know I saw Song of the South as a kid. My kids have never seen it and probably won't ever see it. So you know. What are their kids going to think? How are they going to have a connection with Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox? Um, I don't know. And and so it, it just seems to me that, that they need to find a property that they can expand uh, Frontierland around. And and maybe it is the Lone Ranger. Um, I hear that that project may be back on after all. Um, and if it's a Lone Ranger, you know, they're... There are lots of opportunities, it seems to me, to do things with the Lone Ranger because, you know, you can do horseback, you can do runaway train, so you could bring that theme into the to the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, you know, you could do a lot of different things with it. But it just seems to me that, that Frontierland needs some attention next, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, or they could, yeah, you know, they could envelop it with uh, just expanding Adventureland. Because there's so much you can cover with adventure, you know. Maybe it could just, you know, eat that section and just grow. Well, that's true. And, and you know, Indiana Jones maybe makes a nice transition between adventure and frontier. Sure. Sure. And they, they could even place something over there by the Golden Oak Outpost, you know, kind of on the backside there behind uh, Pirates. There, There's a big space right there. There's something could go, you'd think. Well, that's true. And, you know, as long as we're talking about underutilized spaces uh, and we're talking about blue sky, for God's sake, please do something with the Golden Horseshoe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such a terrific space and it's in a really good location. And it just pains me when, you know, it's something that's closed eight, nine months out of yeah. the year. Heck, you know, if they're going to continue to to market Frontierland, bring the show back. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, at least you have something there and have more yeah. attraction. Well, and, and and again, I think it helps sell the theme. I mean, right now, the only things you have to sell the Frontier theme are the Country Bears. Yeah, yeah. I can't bear that. <laughs> and it just doesn't seem to make much sense to me. Um. You know, uh, well, okay, here we go. I, I, I will, I, I'm going to change your mind. I, I, I thought about it, a, a blue sky thing that I want to suggest. And it's a, a back to the future, almost, uh, uh, you know, blue sky look. Because I think what they need to do is bring back the rest of what was supposed to be the Big Thunder Mountain installation. Because it was supposed to include the Western River ride, and I'm going to get the name wrong, but it, it there was a whole um, boat ride, right? The the Western, whatever it's called, Western River 
Um, Rapids or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they've done it at Disneyland with, uh, I think they call it uh, uh, Grizzly Run. Right. Um, you know, bring something like that to the Magic Kingdom. Um, I think that'd be terrific in Frontierland. And I know that they canceled the original one because it was essentially replaced by Pirates. Um, because the, the was supposed to be essentially the same concept, you know, the boat dark ride and, and the fans demanded pirates. So they did pirates again in Disney world, even though they didn't want to, um, you know, let's, let's do it right. Bring the, the grizzly run kind of ride. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the kind of boat ride like Cali river rapids would be if it was long enough to really be a whole ride. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny that you meant to mention that because I was thinking that earlier today when I was thinking about what to bring up in the show. And it was one of those things I'd thought of was some type of rapid ride over there close to either Adventureland or Frontierland, because it's something that really we don't have there at magic kingdom. Yeah. Almost every theme park has one. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, we've got Splash Mountain, which is, uh, you know, arguably a brilliant end to a, a r- rapid raft ride, um, except that you really can't do it in a rapid raft car. You know, yeah. the, the vehicle has to be different. So, you know, right. uh, I think that a, a real um, rapids ride would be terrific. And again, in Florida, in June, July, August it would really be uh, an opportunity to pull some of that crowd away from, from splash mountain. It would help, uh, you know, with the traffic flow, with all the new fantasy land expansion, pulling people out that way, it would help balance it a little bit. I think it'd be terrific. So that's what I'm going to go for. I say bring a, a, a version of grizzly river run to Walt Disney world, theme it up, let the Imagineers, you know, really go wild. Um, and and immerse people in a frontier that they can identify with. Sounds good. Got my vote. Woohoo! That's hey, what I was hey. going for. There you go. Does anyone ever ride the riverboat anymore? You know, I think it's cool to look at. Yeah. And I thought about riding it, but I never do. We yeah. did, finally, this last time that we went. <laughs> We, we made a point because we had made a point the time before to ride it and we never did, but we finally got on it. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because one of the other things I'd thought of that I'd, I'd thrown these ideas off of my family and my wife said, you know, they need a restaurant over there by the riverboat and it could be Tiana's place. And, you know, have a bit like Cajun food or whatever, although. I know they'll have to spice it down a little bit for Disney World, but it'd be neat. You'd have the riverboat in the back, and it would kind of fit in with the theme, so it could be over there by the uh, by that area, the Liberty Square. Yeah, you know, the, that seems to be one of the things that Walt Disney World misses out on a little bit because, you know, Disneyland has has New Orleans Square, and Walt Disney World, in, instead of New Orleans Square, has Liberty Square, which has this, you know, colonial feel to it. And Disney hasn't really done any movies set in the colonial period, like since the Johnny Tremaine movie. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, Which maybe it's something on the docket. <laughs> yeah, you know, John Johnny Tremaine is old enough that I watched it in elementary school, so you know, it rings a bell. But uh... yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that we miss out on some opportunities in Walt Disney World because of it, and I don't know that there's an easy way to fix that. Sure. Because uh, it's not like you can just, you know, convert it over to New Orleans Square and, you know, have Hall of Presidents uh, suddenly transported to New Orleans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Well, this is as good a time as any to take a little pause. And uh, since this is Dave Compton's first podcast episode with us, that means that it's Dave's turn to take the hot seat and an- and answer 10 questions with it is dad's. You ready, Dave? Let's do it. All right. First question. Where do you live and what do you do for a living? Um, I live in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, a suburb just south of Denver. And I am a uh, mutual fund relationship manager for TD Ameritrade. Describe your family for us. Um, I have a wife of 18 years and a uh, little daughter, age six, going on 16. (laughs) One dog and three cats. What is your favorite off-the-beaten-path location at Walt Disney World? Um, for me, I, I, I'd say Tom Sawyer Island, um, just because it's fun to get over there and just think about my youth and just if I was 10 again and just having that whole island to myself for a day and what would I do? I'd just have so much fun. I'd just be dirty and just have a great time, <laughs> you know? Who is your, oh, I'm sorry, I almost skipped a question. What is your least favorite place at Walt Disney World? Well, we we uh, kind of touched on this earlier, and it was uh, Stitch's Escape. Um, just, I, I don't get it. <laughs> Who is your favorite animated Disney character? Um, I kind of old school. I, I like Robin Hood. I, I like the whole story. And I was, I don't know, I was probably six or eight when this, when it came out. And, uh, I just, I don't know. I really liked the Fox, the Robin Hood and the whole characters and that, that whole show. I can just watch it all the time. Excellent choice. That's a favorite around here as well. Cool. What sound or noise do you love? Um, I, I like the, did the intro to wishes the fireworks show just that first that that kind of thrill sound um it just it gets you going i love that what sound or noise do you hate you know i, I i've listened to all the podcasts and you know i, I recently had a uh, two days there on my own just myself in uh, the parks and i was okay I'm just going to key in on, on what's out there. And uh, I got to say, the grumpy parents. <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to find something else, but it, it's just, it's it's out there and it's it's sad. It's too bad. What career, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Uh, I'd love to be a U.S. Marshal. What job would you not like to do? Um, a porta potty cleaner. <laughs> I, I, I used way back. I used to do landscaping, and whenever I thought it was bad doing landscaping, I'd see that guy, and I knew it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Always somebody who's got it worse, right? There is. There is. 
If you could be a Disney cast member for a year, and only for one year, what job would you want to do for that year? I would love to be a captain of one of the cruise ships. Excellent. Any particular itinerary? Um, mostly the uh, Bahamas, Caribbean, down there. Excellent. Yep. Well, Dave, you have survived. You may step down from the hot seat. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have heard what we all think about what's in store or what we'd like to see in store for the future of the Magic Kingdom, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at disdads.com, visit our website, disdads.com, tweet us at Dizdads Podcast on Twitter, or participate in the discussions in the new Dizdads discussion boards at boards.disdads.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Until next time, this is Aaron Rittmaster, John Thomas, and Dave Compton. See you later. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Nice job. Brought to you by Fairy Tale Journeys, an authorized Disney travel planner. Let us help you put together your next magical Disney vacation. Find us at fairytalejourneys.com. Let us sweat the details so you don't have to. This has been a Wizard of Oz production.